here. Welcome, everyone. I know I'm starting really early this morning, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, have too much to do today. So uh, we have to get this done early today. And uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, this is Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. And uh, Genesis, as we continue on with our journey through Genesis, uh, today we will speak of... <clears throat> Uh, the Tower of Babel, uh, the name, uh, the danger of, uh, uh, of that avalanche of sin. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, the way of man versus the way of God. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, well, we talk about how, well, God's word is God's word. Uh, and that is to which we uh, take heed to. And, and I think this is a constant tension in our lives uh, in so many different ways um, as we live this life of faith. So very applicable, uh, very helpful, um, as it will uh, really give you the picture even of our plight in our pilgrimage of faith. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Uh, bless us in your word. Lead and guide us in your grace. And Lord, through all things, Lord, we know that you are uh, continuing by your merciful hand uh, to guide us, lead us, and preserve us, O oh Lord. Bless us, O oh Lord, in this life, in the redemption, uh, in the, uh, the victory of, of what has been given to us freely, uh, in the sending of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lead us, O oh Lord, this day in your word. Root us in the foundation of the gospel. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, let's kick in. Today, 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 if you have your handouts out here at Faith Moore Park, and if you don't have your handouts there uh, across the, uh, the cosmos, El Mundo, throughout all the world, that's okay. Um, I will read it for you, uh, some of the excerpts from the handouts. Um, but uh, today, uh, why don't you turn, everyone turn to Genesis 11. That is the first book of the Bible. Genesis 11. Uh, verse 4. Now, we ended last week on verse 4. Again, if you need to see any uh, other excerpts before this chapter, uh, please go to our Bible studies there, uh, and they're all, they're all accounted for as we, at Faith Moore Park. Uh, this is how we do it. We, uh, we do everything live. No edits. No edits. No edits at all. You know, I think uh, as you go through these studies uh, and uh, you'll realize um, my nuances and how much uh, you'll get to know me through my little ways. But uh, yeah, I, I think these live messages are great uh, because, well, they are what they are and we are who we are and God is who he is. So we're here together studying the word of our Lord. Okay, I'm rambling. Lo siento, I'm sorry. But here we see um, the name. Verse 4, as we ended last week, <clears throat> if we could read that together, all in one voice. Then they said, verse 4, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Now, when we speak of the name, now, I encourage everyone, 
every one of you, uh, when we talk about the scriptures, when we study the Bible, always have the catechetical mind in your midst. Apply the catechism and all that you know. And, and again, if you, if you don't know the catechism that well, well, review it. And again, we have so many clips on the catechism. I think we have over 30 right now as we go through Small Catechism Live on Thursday. And we're not even done yet. So we'll probably amass probably around 60 videos, I think, at the end of the day when it comes to the catechism of the 2022 version. I know 2017, we had another version, and that was probably only like maybe 16 clips. Uh, This one is going to be around 50 plus. So yeah, the detailed nature of the catechism is laid out for you. So please go to those as well. Anyways, but have the catechetical mind. When you hear name, these key words throughout scripture, they're the pinball of the mind, the Rolodex of the catechism should be swirling around in your mind. And today we talk about the name. So let us make a name for ourselves. Now, again, name is very important because we know in the second commandment, uh, as we as I will read it for you, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. That is, we should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. Ooh, brown. It's like I want Neapolitan ice cream today. Do you like Neapolitan? I think it's great. You get vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. Anyways, (laughs) it's Friday. Give me a break. You know, it's Friday. Uh, The name, right? Uh, Here we see the name to which we were, what? Baptized into. And that is the name of the triune God. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God because this is the name to which you were brought into, right? Uh, The Israelites, this is the name to which delivered them from Pharaoh and his grip. And that's slavery, right? This is the name to which set them free as through water, through the Red Sea. You see that baptismal reference there? Red Sea. Passage of water, new life through water. Baptism, new life through water, right? Uh, This is the name to which delivered them. And the Lord is telling them in the book of Exodus, as he gives them the commandments, clearly that this is the name to which you credit everything you have in your existence. This is the name to which has brought you out, which has saved and rescued you. And this is the name to which you live under. Your baptismal grace, your baptismal life is rooted in the name that has brought you in. This is, you know, baptism is not your choice. Baptism is not your work. It is God's work on you as he grafts you, connects you from the vine to the branches into his name. And there, uh, as we live our life in this one true faith, we do not use his name carelessly. We do not lie or deceive by his name. We do not curse, swear, or use satanic arts. That is to go to palm readers or psychics or astrology or any of these uh, uh, evil arts, satanic arts. 
uh, to which uh, take us away from the name to which delivered us, the name that guides us, right? The name that leads us by his very word. Trust me, I mean, a lot of people dig into the psychics and, and, and the palm readers and the tarot cards and all these things because they need someone to guide them. And for us Christians, the name to which leads us is the one who, uh, from whom all blessings flow, and that is the name of the Father and of the Son. I know my wife was calling. I wonder why she was calling. Anyways. Um, uh, so we see right here, uh, when we talk about uh, the name. Um, sorry. Yes. Okay. So continuing on. First petition of the Lord's Prayer, right? Hallowed be thy name. And uh, when we talk about hallowed be thy name, Again, what comes up is this. What does this mean? Hallowed be thy name. God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity. And we as children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this heavenly Father. So, hallowed be thy name. This is the truth of God's word. And this is the picture to which the name that we take heed to is rooted in the the doctrine of his truth. And there we trust. Now, it says right there in the uh, catechism, help us to live according to the word. Right? Because the word flows from the name of God. The word is from God. And therefore, when we teach falsely, we are actually misrepresenting God as if he is a God of false teaching, right? When there's false teaching, uh, we are actually uh, doing what? We are teaching a, a false God, right? And that's why you ought to be wary of false teaching. It's not just no big deal. No, this is hallowed be thy name territory. This is when we teach falsely, we are profaning the name of God, leading ourselves um, to, well, uh, destruction, that great risk. And therefore, God's word is to where the name is proclaimed. Hallowed be thy name. Let us make a name for ourselves. You see the tension, right? Let us make a name for ourselves. Nope. All right. I have my baptism, but that's okay. I'm going to live my name, my way, my truth, whatever that looks like. And that's our sinful nature. My way, I know what God's word says, but no, let us make our name, our little God, let us pick and choose, or even simply neglect the word of God in itself, right? And here in the catechism, uh, there we are reminded, yes, let us make a name for ourselves. And the tension that lies therein uh, with our own name versus God's name. Do you see that? Um, 
It's, it's definitely uh, something that uh, we, we all face in that tension of man. Okay, so verse 4. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us build this tower to the top of the heavens. Basically staking a claim, uh, showing our legacy. And, and there, uh, if we uh, do this, uh, lest we be dispersed. Now, why is this important? Again, as we talked about maybe last week, there is this disregard to Genesis 9-1, and that is the Lord commanding Noah and his family to disperse and fill and spread around all the earth. But no, they did not do this. Rather, they came together all in, in one language and one voice to do what God had uh, told them not to do, a blatant disregard to God and his word. Again, it goes back to the catechism, right? The truth of God's word, to trust and have faith in his word rather than go on our own word, which they did. Let us make a name for ourselves, the name to which uh, brought them out yet um, of the flood, right? <laughs> Again, think about that. Uh, these, these were uh, the people that were brought out uh, from the fruits of the flood, and there they were rescued by the Lord's word. And yet, by that name, the one triune God, they disregarded because they wanted to make a name for themselves. I mean, this is no surprise. Uh, when we see the, the, the fall in the garden, we very well know what? That there, well, this is how the devil worked. He said, yes, you can make a name for yourself. You can actually be like God, and you will not surely die. Make a name for yourself. Make a name for yourself. Live under your own umbrella. Live under your name, and you will not die, and you will be like God, and you'll be like him, and you'll know like him, right? This is the great temptation, and this is what's happening here again, too. It's a, it's a complete parallel mirror image of of what the sin nature does ever since our first parents fell the blueprint is the same right the, the how it unfolds is the same and and that's why this is the tension that we face to be aware of that friends a lot of times in our sinful nature we are unaware of what we're actually doing that's how sinful we are do you see it I mean, make it a name for yourself. We talk about name. We talk about pride, arrogance, self-reliance, right? We talk about uh, 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 independence, autonomy. Uh, we talk about, uh, uh, what else? Um, making a name for ourselves in, in a sense of defining um, our name by the worldly standard rather than the word of God. And here we see the blatant disregard for God and his word. That's what happens when we flee to our own names, we break the first commandment. We break the second commandment. We fail to see the truth of God's word as we live by our own way and word. And there we see the disregard, right? See, all in the meantime, you know, in our sin, uh, what happens? We, you know, when we put on, you know, I, I love horses, you know, and when you, when you put on the blinder there, right, uh, there all you see is a one-track mind. Get it? One-track mind horse racing. Anyways, you, you see that one track mind, just that one focus. And when you're in that sin of making a name for yourself, well, of course, in that one track mind, that one focus of the blinders that are on, you have that blatant disregard for God and his word. Genesis 9, 1, to the point where you do what in this blatant disregard? How does this progress? It goes to what? It goes to 
compartmentalizing God. Oh, well, you know, God is there in cubbyhole 1A, and now I'm living my life in cubbyhole 5B. <coughs> so God can, you know, God can wait for me. And, and we call that, um, in this day, uh, moralistic therapeutic deism. Sorry, I have something in my throat. <coughs> moralistic therapeutic deism. And if you want to know more about that, you could check Google. They give you like seven or eight tenets of what that looks like. But uh, compartmentalizing is very uh, key, right? Or, you know, maybe God doesn't, does God know? God doesn't know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> maybe God is somewhere else. God is not here. Uh, maybe God is, as we see right here, maybe God is asleep, right? Um, is God asleep? See, that's the thing. You know, when we talk about our blatant disregard, we're, we're basically saying, so what? You know, I'm going to build this tower, and if I'm dispersed, so be it, but I'm going to do this. You know, that, that is the picture of our sin and our rebellion. That is a picture of turning from God and his word. And, and in that moment of sin, and you guys know what I'm talking about, right? How easy it is to say, God, just let me have this. You know, just let me have this. This is, this is, my, this is my space, and, and this is what is for me. All my covetous desires, all my idolatry, I'll give you everything, but just this one thing, right? And there is that disregard. And a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, you know a lot of people think, and I think us sinners think that, well, maybe I could just kind of hide this from God, or maybe I can just think that, well, God is asleep, and, and he doesn't know what I'm doing, and, and he is not here, and I'm just compartmentalizing. This is how disregarding God's word, how it continues to morph and evolve into all these different deceptions, right? Of course, God is not asleep, right? He is everywhere, omnipresent. He is all-powerful, all powerful, omnipotent, and he is all-knowing, omniscient, right? So, verse 5, we see how uh, this comes to be. Uh, verse 5, And the Lord came down to the city and the tower which the children of man had built. Now, I think first and foremost, uh, the funny thing about this is they were trying to build this tower, and they thought it was such a magnanimous and majestic and, and just gigantic uh, tower that was making a name for themselves. But it shows in this, well, yeah, let's, let's go down and see what they've made. It, it shows God's his infinite power, his undescribable eternal knowledge and, and power and strength and, and mightiness, almightiness, that whatever they made, it could pale into comparison of who God is uh, in his name, right? Who God is in his name. Now, now, Luther would say this in terms of, is God asleep? Uh, in uh, his um, American edition, volume 2, uh, 223, God comes down, not really, for he is everywhere, but he ceases to take no notice and begins to reveal, punish, and convict sin. Therefore, the smug people who used to think that he was far away now see that he is present, and they begin to tremble. See, 
I know it says right there in the Bible, the Lord comes down, but the Lord is everywhere, right? God is everywhere, right? But this is the moment where he intervenes. You know, all the meanwhile, they're building this, you know, with all the bitumen and all this uh, a stone and all these things, and just one after the other, one after the other. And this kind of progression of their own hunger and thirst for their name as they're building this tower up and up and up. Uh, this is where the Lord comes down and, and, and really wakes them up from their stupor, from their spiritual stupor, right? He wakes them up from the uh, dissipations of this life as they were spiritually drunk, as they were feeding upon their own arrogance and pride in their own name, as if this could prop them up as they make a name for themselves. No, the Lord said, let us go down, right? He came down to see what they had built again. This is the moment to which I think reminds us of Genesis 3, 8 to 9. And there in Genesis 3, 8 to 9, uh, I'll, actually I'll read it for you. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Oh, sorry. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Again, you know, after they had sinned there in the cool of the morning, God would accost them. See, in the midst of the seeing, taking, and eating, in the midst of the, the, the deceptive, slippery tongue of Satan himself, uh, now the Lord came to the garden, and now they were afraid. Right? God is not asleep. He knows. He knew all along in this fall. Right? And there, uh, in the parallel of, of Babel, he also comes down and, well, shows them, really, what they are doing. See, that, that's the nature of sin, I think. A lot of times, the devil says, you know, fall asleep to God's word because God is asleep. You do your thing because God is somewhere else. You do your thing because you're independent, uh, your, your autonomy is real, and you do you, the world says. But no, God knows your thoughts before their thoughts, right? He does. I mean, that's humbling, knowing that there is no hide-and-go-seek. There is no place to which we can hide. God knows our hearts and minds. And no matter how much we disregard his word, here we know as God comes down. All right, verse 6. And the Lord said, well, let me go back to it here. And the Lord said, Behold, there are one people, and they have all one language, and this is the only beginning, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Is it possible for man? And, and this is what the Lord was really showing them. It's, they're going down this progression of sin, and as they become their own little gods as they were, they're going down this avalanche, and more and more and more, uh, though there is impossibility with man because of our sin, there in their arrogance, their pride, well, they'll start to believe that nothing is impossible for man. And at the end of the day, what that means is what? What is the devil saying? He's saying, turn from the word. Right? You got this. You can do this yourself. 
or DIY, right? Nothing is impossible by your own human hands. And, and this is that reality of our dependence upon the flesh, the world, and the devil. As if this is the way, right? And this is the progression of sin. When we think we can do this ourselves and live in our names, little do we know in that moment of of spiritual drunkenness and disregard of God's word that we are turning from his name. I mean, do we, are we aware of that when, when we prop up our names above everything else? Are we aware that we're turning from the name of God, the name to which has brought us in, the name to which leads us in his truth, the, the, the word that has set us free? I mean, this is, this is kind of the, 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 the tension of man as we see it here um, with the progression of sin, right? Human dependence. And at the end of the day, that's the greatest deception of the devil. I mean, didn't he tell, say that to Adam and Eve? He said, depend on yourselves. Do it. You'll be like God, and you'll go down that avalanche, right? See, this is, this is where or why the Lord intervenes, because he knows what is at stake, Right? The flood brought, the reason for the flood was the wickedness of man. And here he comes in with the law. He comes in with judgment because he, well, shows them uh, what they're really dealing with. That's why you always hear, as we will hear this Sunday uh, about the Lord's ascension, as we'll observe it this Sunday, about preaching repentance and forgiveness and, and, and preaching boldly the law and the gospel to show us our sin, to show our plight, but yet to show us uh, what God has done for us um, uh, for the forgiveness of our sins. Anyways, so verse 7. Uh, so come, let us go down um, and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Now, quick note here. Come, let us is what? The Trinity, right? Uh, Genesis 1, 26. Come, let us make man, right? Let us, us. Genesis 1, John 1. We always talk about that. Uh, the Holy Spirit hovering on the waters. Uh, that the Father uh, is uh, there also in the creation. And Jesus in the beginning was a word, John chapter 1. So let us, point of the Trinity, Genesis 1.26, point of the Trinity, uh, let us confuse their language. Now, the question is, why Why wouldn't he just topple the building? Why, why, why didn't he just, let's just cut this building down, right? Well, obviously, uh, if the Lord cut it down, what would they do with their one language? They would try to build another one. So, the great way of God is to confuse their language and be dispersed. So that they cannot in one voice build this, but rather they disperse and and go over all the earth. Now at the end of the day, friends, uh, as we conclude today uh, with this theme, the way of man versus the way of God, here we learn the futility of man and the, the attempt to which they try to make a name for themselves. But again, Man's name ever since the fall is what? Fall short. No matter how much we credit ourselves, whether it's of pride or arrogance 
or even self-righteousness, let's say. Let us make a name before God, right? Let us make a name uh, of ourselves before God. That will not save you. That will not uh, uh, rescue you. That will not uh, give you uh, uh, the promises of God. No, the way of man always ends badly. Uh, it ends uh, because we are, well, born into sin, and, and there we know, as the tower would be, uh, as they would be dispersed, uh, there they would learn, yes, this was definitely futile. God is not asleep. He knows our thoughts, our words, and deeds. He knows the way of man. He knows what we are doing. Yet he comes down to us, and, and he, well, gets us back to his command of Genesis 9-1, that is to fill the earth. Again, the way of God is also not only the law, as we know, but also the gospel. Right? The way of God is of forgiveness. When we talk about the name right here, this is all gospel. When we talk about God's word, help us, O Lord, to live according to it. That is the law, the gospel, the very holy scriptures to which God leads us. This is the way to which is the way of God. And there in our uh, human nature, in our sin, we repent, we confess. There the Lord is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And that is the truth, my friends. This is the name to which we live under. You know, we could stretch out and say, I want to live by my own name. I want to live by my own truth. I want to live by my own uh, methods and my own uh, path and whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, we realize the futility of this attempt. And there we repent and rest upon the name to which brought us in. The water and word of holy baptism. The passage of water, new life, uh, whether it be for the Old Testament uh, uh, flood, uh, whether it be for Moses and the Exodus, uh, whether it be uh, for you or for Naaman uh, in the River Jordan, right? Uh, the Syrian commander uh, as he was cleansed from his leprosy, uh, whether it be for you as you were baptized into Christ, uh, as you put on Christ, as you are robed in his righteousness, as you are uh, grafted into his name as you are uh, led by his name that is God's word. This is your life of faith. This is your true blessedness as you are led in this very word. Be cognizant of this spiritually, friends, because all of us, you and I both know how, how we are not immune and we all face these different tensions in our lives. I know we only went through three verses, but there was a lot of beef there, so bring the beef. We'll bring it next time. Um, meat and potatoes, the Word of God for you. So anyways, uh, have a wonderful day. Why don't we close with a word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this Word. Bless us, O Lord, in the way of your name. Help us, O Lord, to live according to it. And Lord, uh, uh, grant us faith as we call upon you in in prayer, praise, and give as we give thanks to you. Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Bless us and sanctify us in your truth that through all things, your ways are above our ways. And Lord, I thank you for Jesus, for the name to which you have covered us by your Son, by his blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. I pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, amigas. It's always been great to be here with you. I sound like I'm saying a farewell. I'm not. 
But until next time, God be with you. May this word go dwell with you richly. And if you missed a little bit of that, rewind, rewind, and, and really reconnect because you know what I'm talking about. You see yourself in here. I see myself in here too. And, and here we get back at it always to the way of God. Thanks be to God to the end of the day. It ends on Jesus. All right, friends. Have a wonderful day. Have a good weekend. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.